Hi, welcome to Be Still Be Free. I'm cursing Amber Miller right now for not being here because I never do intros. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so uncomfortable to me. Hell hath frozen over people. Amber Miller, where are you? (laughs) Look to the eastern sky because Jesus is on his way. Sarah's hosting (laughs) and introing. (laughs) So, welcome to Be Still Be Free. This is Sarah Cody and I am here with Monica Steely. Hello. And we are in our third series on the fruits of the spirit. Yes. And this um, series so far, we have gone over faithfulness mm-hmm. and gentleness, mm-hmm. and Monica is bringing us self-control today. Which is so easy. I've mastered it, therefore I teach. <laughs> you cannot impart that which you do not possess. And I totally possess it in spades. Obs. Yeah. Yeah. Hence yeah. the Cheez-Its are mostly empty in front of me I- right now. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, we're talking about self-control today, which is, um, you know, of all the fruits of the Spirit. I know, for real. Please listen. This is actually pretty cool. Have self-control not to hit the off button. Have self-control not to hit. Um, it's, It's an odd fruit to be listed with love, joy, peace, patience, like... To like end it with like self control, it's almost like you go, Err? yeah, like wah, wah. record scratch, like wah. But I think it is actually as we dive in deeper, it's a perfect anchor where you mm-hmm. start with love and end with self control. Yeah. Like it really does anchor in the rest of these. Mm-hmm. So I want to start with a question. So y'all that are listening, of course you do. Um, who are you, are you just, asking? Uh, I'm gonna ask. <laughs> let's see, who should I pick? Sarah, me, me, me. Please pick me. Pick me. <laughs> but y'all think of your own answers to this too. So when you first hear the word self-control, like what's the first thing your mind goes to? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> sins. <laughs> like getting drunk or, you yeah. know, like those are the things I think of. Yeah. yeah. So like cussing, whenever I think of self-control, I have this like mental picture of me, like with clenched fists yeah. standing in front of a cookie jar, just like willing myself. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. <laughs> Cookie, what I mean, you know, not literally, but it like probably is different. Like I, I go to the car, <laughs> right? You know, the car is a problem for me. I know yeah. I am very well aware that the car is a problem for me. I know that. Yeah. And I don't wield a lot of self-control sometimes when I'm in the car. I'm yeah. working on it though. I really am working on it. <laughs> Sure you are, Sarah. You know, we talked about gentleness, like you can't be kind and gentle over here and then yes. somebody off. Is it? Yeah. I'm I not was, in a restaurant. I'm in a did car. I bring, did, I, did I say Sarah in the car in traffic? You didn't, I didn't say that. But I think I? that's kind of what you imparted. I think that's what you meant. Well, like whenever I think about like have self-control, I think of like me wringing my hands and like mm-hmm. trying to will myself, don't do it, don't mm-hmm. do it, don't do it. Mm-hmm. And so that to me is what self-control has always been, mm-hmm. which I think is why I've avoided learning about it as a fruit of the spirit. Um, in the Bible, often, um, the word temperance is used instead of self-control, like in King James and a few other translations, the they say the, the Kingeth Jameseth. I beseech thy, thee to thy, read that King James version. <laughs> um, but they will say like faithfulness, gentleness, temperance And the dictionary says that it's control or restraint of one's self or actions or feelings, etc. So here's a few Bible verses about self-control. We know the fruits of the spirit. Proverbs 25 says a person without self-control is like a house without its doors and windows, or like a house with its doors and windows knocked out. Oh, wow. Um, Better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes a city. Oh, wow. And for the spirit of God um, gave us... (laughs) 
I don't know why I'm having a hard time reading today. Sorry. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline, which also is translated as a sound mind. And it is a different word than the fruit of the spirit word in the Greek, but it is translated to self-discipline most times. Um, And so... I wanted to figure out though, okay, so we've got these verses and we know about that. And I know what I think self-control is, but what does the Bible say about it? And this is the part that I just think gets so, so cool. So in Galatians 5.23, self-control, that Greek word is only used two other times in the New Testament. And in the first use, the besides the fruits of the Spirit, one of the other uses is when Paul has an interaction with Governor Felix. So Paul was visiting whatever city he's visiting. The governor's all up in arms about everything that's happening. And so several days later, Felix and his wife, um, and she was Jewish, sent for Paul to listen to him as he spoke about faith in Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I think he was interested and expressed for him to come and speak to him. And Paul talked about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. Hmm. Felix was afraid and said, that's enough for now. You may leave. When I find it convenient, I will send for you. Mm. So that's one use of self-control. And then the other is in second Peter one. And, um, Peter is saying, for this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, to goodness knowledge, to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. Hmm. If you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hmm. So that's what, so those three verses, the fruits of the spirit and these other two, this is what it tells me about self-control, that it was important enough for Paul to include it in his explanation of what it meant to be a Christ follower. When he spoke to the leaders, mm-hmm. it was righteousness, self-control and judgment to come. Mm. So self-control was like yeah. the top three things that he was talking about to Felix, um, including self-control when speaking to Felix was convicting enough for F- Felix to ask Paul to leave. Wow. Like he was like, okay, that's enough. Go away for now. I'll send for you more later. I got to process everything you just told me. Mm -hmm. I'm probably living an unself-controlled and unrighteous life. Mm -hmm. Um, Self-control is such an important part of the righteous puzzle that it comes right after knowledge. When you know better, you do better. Mm, Right? When you know better, you do better. And that's a Sarahism, I believe. I like it. (laughs) Um, Peter says that possessing self-control in increasing measure will make you more effective and productive for the kingdom. Mm. And um, Paul listed self-control last, which makes me feel like it's a necessary bookend to the nine fruits. Like love and self-control, they balance everything in the middle out. Wow. Um, And Joyce Meyer um, says something really cool about self-control. You can't have kindness, patience without love. All of this is held in place by self-control. And so all of that is exercising self-control. I was thinking about that even with gentleness, right? Yeah. You have to have the self-control to not be reactive and to act in gentleness. Well, it's funny that you say that. (laughs) Funny how that works. So um, so to me, in in just reading that alone, it's a little bit more than willing yourself not to do something. Yeah. And like mustering up and like wringing your hands. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. So the Greek word for self-control is enkratia which means one who masters his desires, passions, etc. But the root word of enkratia is enkratas. And the meaning of that is strong, robust, having power over, mm. mastering, controlling, force, strength, power, might, with great power, dominion, and ruling over. Wow. And that is like... 
that was what blew my mind. Like that is a rich, robust, deep, gives me teeth, something to sink into about self-control. It's not just a mere wringing of my hands and willing myself not to. It is a force and a strength and a power I can stand in to confidently say no, to confidently restrain myself because of like this great power that I can have dominion over something. Like that blew my mind. To have dominion over. That is powerful. Yeah. It's not just, oh, I really want to cuss, but I'm not going to cuss. Right. It's, I have power to not react. Like, and I can stand like gently in that. Mm-hmm. I can stand faithful in that. Mm. I can stand good and patient in that. That's awesome. Isn't that amazing? It's, it's, oh, it's I'm so glad you said that. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you said that. Because we don't have to muster up our own power or ability to endure. We can stand in the strength and might of that, of that self-control saying no with power. And when I was talking to Greg about this, he goes, well, that's playing offense, not defense. Oh, I love it. And I was like, that's exactly it. And that is what freedom is. Proactive, not reactive. When you think of self-control, it sounds like bondage, but really it's abundant life. That's awesome. And what I love is because the fruits of the spirit are listed in Galatians 5, and the end of the chapter ends with the fruits of the Spirit. But if you look back at the very beginning of chapter 5, verse 1, he tells us why these fruits of the Spirit are so important. Because verse 1, Galatians 5, verse 1 says, For freedom, Christ freed us. Stand fast, therefore, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Mm. And then he goes on to talk about the yoke of bondage, which is all of those works of the flesh. And we've talked about that yeah. a few times. Yeah. And then he talks about the fruits of the spirit. So it's like, it's for, have the fruits it's of the spirit freedom's for freedom's sake. It's to be free. And we see it the other way. We, we think that God's instruction is to put us in bondage, to limit us, to put a lid on us. Yes. And it's not. It's It lifts the lid. It oh. frees us. It brings us to exponential freedom in God. It is... It is what we talk about all the time. It's the flip-flop and the mindset flip-flop. Totally. I was thinking that same so thing. So it's not like, like you, we said at the very beginning, it's not going through the list of the fruits of the Spirit and be like, self-control. Mm-hmm. It's like that's the most liberating and powerful mm-hmm. of all of them mm-hmm. for the sake of freedom. Like if I can say no to all the things that the works of the flesh want me to say yes to, I am living so free. And it's not because, um, I'm just not doing what I'm not supposed to be doing. Right. It's, I have the freedom to not do those because I know those things yep. are actually going to ha- make me carry burdens and shame and guilt that I was not meant to carry. It's, you know, it makes me think about that. You talk about that flip flop. Say so my whole life growing up, I was taught that you'll do, if you love God, you will do all these things. You will be kind and forgiving. You will not do this. You will not do that. It's really not if we love God, we'll do all of those things. It's because God loves us he gave us the blueprint mm-hmm. of how to live a free life. Like he created us. So it's like he put this machine together and then he put this manual together. Mm-hmm. And he said, if you'll do these things, this machine will work and run in its best capacity. It will have the best of the best it can have. And we say, okay, you created us and you gave us this blueprint, but it's that whole thing where you just don't want us to eat the cookie, right? right? You're just telling us, Hey, there's a cookie and you can't have it. When really he knows there's so much more to life than just the cookie. Right. But because we won't walk in faith and, and, and be obedient to the things that he said, Hey, in freedom, here you go. Mm-hmm. We miss out. We miss out on so, so much. And um, 
we miss out on the power and strength that Christ died to give us so that we can begin playing offense against all of that stuff. Um, There's a verse, um, it's Titus 2.12. And it says, grace arrives with its own. This is the message translation. Grace arrives with its own instruction. Run away from anything that leads us away from God. Abandon the lusts and passions of this world. Live life now with this in this age of awareness with self-control, doing the right thing and keeping yourselves holy. And that's kind of like one of the things that it really comes down to is holiness. Yeah. Um, living out these fruits of the spirit, living out self-control so that we can be whole, live out the holiness that God has called us to. Yep. He didn't make us in his image so that we would be unholy. He mm-hmm. made us in his image so we would be holy, holier above every single thing he yep. created. Yep. Um, the website got questions, uh, you know, I don't know. Is that like a super theologically saying, I don't know, but they have all sorts of great stuff. Um, but it says self-control naturally leads to perseverance as we value the long-term good instead of the instant gratification of the world. Hello. Mm. Self-control is a gift that frees us. It frees us to enjoy the benefits of a healthy body. It frees us to rest in the security of good stewardship. It frees us from a guilty conscience. Self-control restricts the indulgence of our foolish desires, and we find liberty to love and live as we were meant to. Mm -mm. And I just think that's just a beautiful description of what self-control leads to. It's not for the sake of saying no. It's for the sake of living with yes. Um, Oh, that's good stuff. Life, hope, and truth. And I think I quoted them in one of the other episodes I did. um, says, self-control is the active effort we put forth to resist the temptation to go back to the ways of the world around us once we've been shown God's spiritual way of life. We recognize self-control includes abstaining from the evils of the world. Um, Galatians, right after the fruits of the spirit says, those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and lusts. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Mm. And the cool thing about that is that it's not in and of our own might. It's the Holy Spirit in us. So if we will allow the Holy Spirit in us to do its work, we can have self-control. Well, thank you for that segue, Sarah, because <laughs> I was just about to talk about how do we grow the fruit of self-control. Oh, look at that. And the first way is to tap into the power of God. Mm. So 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, my, Jesus says, my grace is sufficient for you. And I talked about this in our Be Together group one day um, on Facebook a little bit. Um I have come back to that verse again and again and always struggled with it because I felt like the word sufficient was a really weak word. Yeah. I felt like it was a very passive oh, word. This. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, if Jesus himself is talking about his grace being enough for us, the mm-hmm. grace that he like died on the cross for mm-hmm. the power that his blood had to raise him from the dead. Like if that is what he is giving us, it has to be more than just sufficient. Yeah. Um, and so I looked up the Greek definition and the Greek of sufficient means to be zet, be possessed with an unfailing strength, to be strong, to be enough, to be satisfied and contented. And that lexicon added, his grace is so strong, it will enable you to bear under evil so well that there's no reason to ask for his removal. Mm. And so that's the power of God that we have in us that mm. we can be able to say no yeah. and ex- exercise self-control. Yep. Um, and then let's see here. We can grow self-control by receiving that grace. Okay. And then the next verse is finally Ephesians 6, 10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Ephesians 1, 19, what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? 
Colossians 1.11, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, pleasing to all, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all his might, according to his glorious power, enduring everything with perseverance and patience. Mm. And all these verses that I talk about power, that is all those verses used for power, the same root word that are used for self-control. No way. So that is the power that we have. It's that God's power, the power of his might, the power of his grace, the power of his blood are all the root word for self-control. Wow. So we tap into the power of God because he's given it to us. Yes. And it's all in these verses. Oh, I love it. Gosh, like we are, we are warriors. Yeah. We are fighters. Yeah. We are, I mean, but, but when you think about that, right? So we're kingdom builders, mm-hmm. right? When you think about that and you think about the fact that we are in a battle, it's, you know, again, we get so into our own little world that we forget that this is not about us. This mm-hmm. is so much bigger. This is good versus bad, evil versus, you know, Jesus. I mean, yeah. it's Satan versus God all the way. Even though we know who's going to win the war, there are battles along the way. And we are the army. And so when you're in an army, you're a soldier. You're yeah. not just a passerby. Like you're an active participant in an army. And each of those people have really big jobs. So Mm -hmm. when you think about what you're saying, it makes sense. We are in the army of God. And to be in the army of God, he's not going to throw us in an army and go, hey, good luck. Right. He's going to equip you with the tools and weapons that you need. The training. He knows. I come back to um, the definition of self-control that includes the word confidence Mm -hmm. because like every single soldier that goes out to battle has a confidence mm-hmm. that they can win because of the tools and the authority right. and everything that they have been given for that battle. Yeah. And that's what we lack when we're standing, in, you know, for lack of a better example, when you're standing in front of the refrigerator, just willing yourself not to eat something, you're lacking the confidence yeah. that the power of God gives you to stand firm and to set your face like Flint and to be able to just say, I am not falling for this temptation. Yeah. I am not going to react with words out of my mouth. I'm not going to react with maybe my fists. I'm not going to react with any measure of things. That self-control is such an act of strength. And it says more about your character to exercise self-control than it does to like be um, just so wimpy. in yeah. it. Well, and I think so this is kind of a, a side note, but I think it brings it. It's a kind of an example that brings it together. It also shows you what you believe in, mm-hmm. right? It shows others how strong you believe in whatever your cause is, whatever you're standing for. Um, Chris and I love the military, like it, especially Chris. He would have been fantastic in the military. And we love. He loves anything about SEAL Team or um, you know any of that kind of stuff. And yeah. He could just he could just sit at the feet of these guys and listen to stories. Well, there's a TV show on that's called SEAL Team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we were watching it one night and I mean, it's, it's got some pretty realistic situations in it and it's got this one team and, um, they've got to go in and, and do something. And there's a really good chance that they could just lose their lives and they're called away from their families and, and just a, a dime. Like they got to pack, they got to go, mm-hmm. they get in, they have their meeting, they go in and they do this thing. They don't even flinch. Like they, they ask for, um, volunteers to do something. And a couple of guys are like, Hey, we're doing it. In fact, you know what? I don't even think it was SEAL Team. It was a movie that came out recently and it was based on a true story. And it was the first battle over in Afghanistan after nine. 11 and um and it made it even 
more amazing because it was a true story. And so the the captain of the team is asking for volunteers. And without a hesitation, these guys knew mm-hmm. there was a good chance that they were not going to make it. They're like, I'm, I'm in. I'm going. Right. And then number two guy goes, hey, I'm in. I'm going. Unwavering, such confidence because mm-hmm. they knew that they had been trained. They mm-hmm. knew what their what their mission was. Mm-hmm. They knew what what they believed in. They knew where their their loyalties lied, and they weren't afraid to die because they knew that they were standing in in the ground of which yes. they had been trained for. Yes, um, for the cause that they believed in, and we are the cause of Christ. Yeah. Absolutely. We are the cause. That's our, that's what we've been trained for is the cause of Christ. That's what we've been given all the fruits of the spirit for, for the cause of Christ. Like, but are we willing to say, I'll never forget one time in church, we had a missionary who came in and, um, he asked at the end, how many of you would be willing to go tomorrow if the Lord called you to go? And I'm peaked. I totally peaked. I'll never forget this. I totally peaked. And in a group of probably 300 people, I think three people raised their hands and I was probably eight or nine years old when this happened. And it had such a profound impact on me because, you know, I was a child. I had childlike faith and it devastated me that I was in amongst all of these adults and three people raised their hands and said Mm -hmm. that they would go. But it's that same thing. God said, Hey, I need somebody. Mm -hmm. How many of us would raise our hands and say me? Right. I have the confidence in what I stand for, the confidence of Christ, that he's equipped me to do what he's called me to do. You know, in the armor of God, it talks about the shoes of peace. Mm -hmm. Isn't it shoes of peace? Yeah. Which one is it? The peace? Is it the shoes? I think it's the shoes. You look that up. I'm going to look it up real fast. Okay. Well, you look that up and let me know because I'm going to, the second thing that we can do for, to get self-control, because I'm going to come back to that, um, is live in the spirit of God. Um, John 3, 6 says, like is from like, whatever is born. Whatever is born from flesh is flesh. Whatever is born from spirit is spirit. So if you want to displace fruit of the spirit, you have to live in the spirit. Mm. Romans 8, 5, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. Um, in Romans 8, 11, if the spirit of the one who resurrected Jesus from the dead lives inside of you, then you can be sure that he who raised him will cast the light of life into your mortal bodies through the life-giving power of the spirit residing in you. So we tap into the power of God and then we tap into the spirit of God and that is where our self-control can come from is it shoes of peace yeah it is um, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace okay so what I love about that is you armor up you go to go into this battle but your feet I just imagine this stance where your feet are kind of like shoulder width apart and you're in that like that peace is confidence yeah you know, yeah. and that's where that like self-control, yes. it just is the confidence, the shoes of peace. And you're like armed and ready, like in the stance, ready to go on solid ground, solid foundation yep. built in from the Holy Spirit. And it's almost like, cause your feet are there. It's coming, it's coming up and through you, yes. right? Coming up through your feet. And it always just takes me back to, it's the peace that passes all understanding. You can't wrap your brain around it. It's like the faith piece. Mm-hmm. You, it's believing in the evidence of things not seen. It's mm-hmm. taking the step of faith because you know that the peace of God is going to come up and through those feet of yours because you're acting in obedience. (sighs) 
So good. It's just if if we why can't I do it every day? (laughs) Well, maybe now you now that you have a different mindset about what it is, I think that makes it easier. Yeah. Because it's like I'm not just trying to muster up will on my own. Yes. Because it Um, feels that way. Because that's what self control always feels like. That Mm -hmm. and it's what a what a weak and shallow description of self control. It is. But now that we can view it as it is the power of God given to me through the death and resurrection of Christ, like that makes it a lot easier. For me to practice triumph. Yeah. Yeah. Gives you a spirit of victory before you've even gotten started. Yeah. Um, Okay. So good stuff. Here's some practical application for us. And this one I took directly from life, hope and truth because it's a self-examination and I love these questions. One, have I lost control to dangerous emotions or a damaging sin? How do I know? Mm. Number two, why do I have difficulties restraining myself from what I know isn't good for me? Number three, do others describe me as calm and collected or erratic and uncontrolled and why? Mm. Uh, D, is my first reaction to something a fruit of the spirit or a loss of control and why? So those are some really really deep questions for you to figure out, like, is self-control something I need to work on? Which all of us do, obviously. But um, to what degree and in what areas? I love it. And then two, spend some time journaling about the areas of your life where maybe your self-control is misguided. Mm. So here's a couple examples. Maybe you think you exhibit self-control in your marriage, but really you're stuffing your feelings instead of sharing them in a healthy way. That's huge. Yeah. So just because you didn't say something doesn't mean that you're exercising self-control. That's right. Um, maybe you're being, you think you're being self-controlled in parenting, but really you're allowing behavior in you or your child that reflects the works of the flesh and isn't holiness or godliness. Mm. Um, or maybe you are exercising what you think is self-control, but you're really a control freak Ooh. when it comes to parenting. That's huge. So that's something to journal about too. Maybe you think you're being self-controlled when it comes to food, but really you have an unhealthy relationship with self-loathing that makes you eat or not eat in ways that are emotionally or physically unhealthy. Mm. Let God show you where maybe you have a misunderstanding of what self-control means and ask for his help to change that's it. That's great. And I think that's huge. Like ask for, ask for your eyes to be open yeah. and ask for him to give you the power. If you will yeah. it on yourself, it's never going to happen. Right. You have to will it for God. You know, and I, I, I reference eating a lot when it comes to self-control because I think maybe that's a struggle. Um, (laughs) But, you know, like, you know, I've known someone who would only eat almonds, Mm -hmm. right? Like, like lunch, have a handful of almonds. That's not practicing Mm -mm. self-control. That's, that's self-loathing and masking is self-control. So the third one is just ask the Lord to remind you, you have the power of the Holy Spirit. And the knowledge of God inside of you to stand firm and not to give into the things when you're tempted. But I mean, he will be the key to show you is this self-control or is this self-inflicting or is this self-loathing or is this being a control freak? Like what are those areas that you are masking as self-control, but it is not truly the fruit of self-control. It is interesting that self-control is the bookend on the back end, Mm -hmm. right? Because all those other things really stem out of having the self-control yeah right to to love to be kind to be patient to be patient to be forgiving mm-hmm. to be gentle mm-hmm. a lot of those are very willful things right right and so if we're trying to will them ourselves 
probably going to fail. Well, and um, I'll end with the ties into this um, commentator, David Guzik. He says the world knows something of self-control, but almost always for a selfish reason. It knows the self-discipline and denial someone will go through for themselves, but the self-control of the spirit will also work on behalf of others. Oh, that's good. You know, and that's what we've talked about with the last, these last three fruits, especially is having self-control so that others yeah. can come to a knowledge of what it's like to live for Jesus and what he truly represents yeah. and not what the world has force fed. It's others that. minded and not self minded. Yes. You know, I mean, that's, I think that's what we forget. It's, it's what we talked about with gentleness, able to put self interest aside so as to be able to give oneself to another's needs. Exactly. And if we can show the world, hey, you know what? Maybe you hurt me. I'm not going to react. I'm going to play offense, not defense. I'm going to stand in the power of the Lord. And I mean, that shows that shows a level of maturity mm-hmm. um, that a lot of Christians don't reach. But that looks enticing to other people. That's exactly right. And that's, that's why exactly it's fruit. Right. Look enticing to other yeah. people. I mean, we come back to Something that again that somebody again. wants to have. Mm-hmm. How do I get that? Right. Yeah. It's so, good stuff. So that's self-control, y'all. And so hopefully I will start growing that now. <laughs> but I know what it really is. And if we go to Chewy's for lunch, I won't eat a basket of tortilla chips. No, that's I'm not actually really asking. self-control. That doesn't help anybody else. No. But I do want to go to Chewy's and eat a basket of <laughs> okay, tortilla chips. Okay. Um, so we are going to be back next week. We're going to talk about women of the Bible mm-hmm. and some women that show these different fruits, which I'm really excited to see mm-hmm. what that what turns out to be with. like. We're going to have an everyday woman interview. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to wrap it up with a deep dive, which I guess will be me and Sarah yes. just throwing each deep other back and forth in the hot seat. Um, and then that's going to be it. So make sure you tune in next week. If you guys have any ideas, so you know we take summers off. Mm-hmm. If you have any ideas um, about topics or themes that you would like to see us maybe tackle, we would love to hear from yeah. you. So leave us a message on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or our, all of our emails are under the Meet the Team page. And just let us know um, as we spend the summer praying about what God would have us tackle in the fall. Mm -hmm. Um, We'd love to hear your input on that. So perfect. Will you pray us out? Thank you, Lord, again, for just giving Monica and I the opportunity to get in your word and to grow ourselves. Lord, just hopefully your words will um, fall onto the ears and hearts of listeners today, Lord, that just needed to be encouraged in this. We just pray that you will be glorified and edified in it, that it will grow the kingdom, um, and that you um, will just be able to do your work, Lord. Really, that's what it's all about. We just praise you for the opportunity to be able to do this, and we pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Amen.